ओम श्री साई राम वेलकम टू प्रसन्ति संदेश हंड्रेड एपिसोड वी हियर सो मेनी स्पिरिचुअल डिस्कोर्सेस वी एटेंड मेनी ऑफ द सेरेमोनीस वी परफॉर्म मेनी रिचुअल्स we go through the scriptures and some of us may have our own guru of our choice in spite of all these things though we hear in rapt attention read do whatever it is still still not happening not happening what what is not happening that may be the question what is not happening is the reality has not come to our experience is not happening but we just go on doing it we just follow it mechanically but i'm sure in most of our cases the realization the experience of the reality is not happening the scriptures clearly say cease dreaming and enter the world of reality very good to hear that but how to cease dreaming when to enter the world of reality when is it going to happen let us examine our own selves why it is not happening as said earlier we have been listening to all discourses but the question is our listening is not total and we just remain outside and listen it appears as if it is mechanical part of our ears hear the messages or the mechanical part of our mind thinks about it but the fact is heart remains untouched it is rather funny to note that we protect our heart from the teaching we don't want to i want the message to go to our heart to read to reach our heart now because if it goes deep you will not be the same it has to bring about a total transformation therefore we have got that fear or that we will be thrown into insecurity that we may be thrown into the unknown realms of the world because we are all afraid of the unknown and we will be vulnerable and sometimes even danger may be there therefore in spite of listening in spite of all the teachings it is not happening i repeat 
the experience of the reality is not happening well the same scripture says unless you are ready to take a jump into the unknown you cannot experience reality of course it's quite natural that we are all afraid of the unknown and i also brought to your attention that some of us have our own gurus the spiritual leaders who we follow and we listen to the discourses of our gurus but who is the, i mean what is the way how uh, a true disciple listens uh, a discourse a teaching of from his master how does he a disciple hears through his heart a disciple listens through his total being in other words he is one with the teaching delivered and we also notice that teacher and taught must have felt a deep communion and it's quite evident the teacher has gone deep into the disciple's heart through his teachings and on this side the disciple was ready and receptive and never doubted his guru now by these standards can we call ourselves disciples well i don't think so because when once he listens to the teaching through his heart and when guru enters deep into the disciple's heart then the disciple will be start looking from a new standpoint the disciple from now onwards will be looking from a deeper center that is his being the world of becoming disappears like a dream in other words when you are centered in yourself the world completely completely disappears yes because we, we look through our periphery but not from the center the very being when we start looking from the center our being there will be sudden explosion pushing us into the realm of the divine maybe it may be an initial shock with the result world disappears the curtain falls the barriers fall this what had happened in the case of vivekananda by the touch of sri ramakrishna paramahamsa there are many many disciples like that who are influenced by their gurus completely completely now the question arises when the world disappears what will happen you cannot face the world in the same way as before there is a world there but in the ordinary sense the world disappears 
and you cannot face in the same way because you will be aware of the other world oh the your eyes need a new attunement and your consciousness will need a new way of looking a new dimension altogether a new existence has come up and has appeared therefore the impact of the teaching the effect of our uh, our careful listening to our guru to our divine master should prepare us or should make us get transformed with a new existence a new consciousness and we will have new way of looking a new dimension altogether well at that state the disciple would say i don't see anything i don't hear anything i don't even know anything that's what he would confess because till then until he was totally completely influenced by his divine master he might be knowledgeable well he might have had many visions he may claim to have known many things or he may say that he heard many of the discourses but when once the guru's teaching divine master teaching gets into the heart deep enough there will be total change then he would say i don't see anything i don't hear anything i don't even know anything everything old is forgotten everything is gone and with this we come to know that old knowledge has become futile old ways ways are futile and all the senses are futile why why should i say that because the knowledge and the different ways and all the senses are meaningful when the world is there when once the world disappears what for is your knowledge what for are the ways what for are the senses so whatever you know is concerned with the world if the world disappears there is no difference between the learned and an ignorant person but disciple knows very well he will say i am ever blissful self that is unique and i cannot be compared to none i can be compared to myself i am like myself in other words disciple stands unique he doesn't compare himself with anybody he stands for himself let's take for example the great people like mahavira buddha jesus krishna they don't speak anything of the world they don't know anything about the world they know only about their own selves 
own selves, I mean the Atma, the Spirit, our consciousness. Mahavira even said, if you know everything except yourself, you know nothing. Please understand. And when once you know your own self, you'll be knowing everything else. So Mahavira always says, I am ever blissful self. Ever blissful self. Well, another, the other extreme is, when you are in the world of the world, totally worldly, we know many anxieties, anguish, we know many tensions, and all about the misery. It is also an experience to come to know that more you know, more miserable we are. And it's also very clear in the modern world. One hand, the knowledge grows. On the other hand, misery grows equally. As the knowledge grows deeper and deeper, misery equally goes deeper and deeper. That's the situation today, just observe. Therefore, <coughs> Upanishads speak of the knowledge of the inner self, not the knowledge of the material world. No, knowledge of the inner self and by which only blissfulness grows. You are growing in inner knowledge, which is more important. Understand, let us understand this point. If you were growing in outer knowledge, it only means we are more miserable than before. So the knowledge could be of two ways. One, the knowledge of the things and the knowledge of the self. Knowledge of the self, for example, our Upanishadic literature. Knowledge of the things of the world, the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden, which tempted Adam and Eve, and they lost, and the paradise lost is the outcome. So mere knowledge, the tree of knowledge, as in the Holy Bible, when that fruit is partaken, the paradise is lost. Whereas the knowledge of the self opanishes. Unless this acquired, we cannot be redeemed. We cannot expect to be liberated. So at that state, having known, having experienced, the disciple would say, I am absolutely alone without body. I cannot be indicated. No symbol can represent me. Here, I stands for the self, the consciousness. These are the declarations of the disciple who had the experience of the reality or the consciousness. I am the Supreme God, Hari. That's what he would declare. I am immeasurable, immeasurable, and I am immensely silent. That, that's 
the way how uh, the realized soul expresses and the infinite absolute and most ancient i am not the doer i am not the one who indulges no i am without growth and i am imperishable i am already pure and knowledge itself i am sadashiva the eternally good shivaratri is fast approaching therefore sadashiva meaning the eternally good all these experiences and declarations of a true disciple in the strict sense of the term is not conversion in any way it is not intellectual it is a transformation this is the teaching of nirvana therefore the knowledge of the absolute is eternal and is is never new and never old is never new is not first time you are giving teaching about the self no you cannot condemnate that it's all ancient no it's never new and never old one thing is this the science grows whereas religion does not grow in that sense because religion is eternal science goes on growing increasing but science is never absolute science after all is relative and the science changes as per time as per the time what einstein said at one time may be revised what newton said was revised what dalton said was revised so science is limited by time but religion never changes at any time the religious experience attained only when you enter the timeless moment while science is within the frame the timeless moment will give you religious experience well we can take this way when you enter yourself time stops you cannot say how long you meditated you cannot say how long you are one with the divine time stops no past no present no future only this moment remains and this moment is eternal so time bound is the science timeless is religion and then here we also find the modern trend that we are originals we are originators we started this this is all nonsense in the field of religion everyone tries to be original these days in religion originality is impossible 
originality is possible in science. Why religion is? Religion, everything religion is eternal. Because the experience of the religion can never be different. I repeat, religion speaks of the eternal message, eternal message. So, if anyone says, I am original in the spiritual field, it is only egoistic standpoint. It is only ego that tries to be original. Because it is only then ego feels strengthened. And all those things, uh, uh, claimed by certain people, I am original and so on and so forth, are ego teachings. They are ego-oriented. But the truth is, it should be egoless teaching only. When once ego gets in, whole thing is polluted, dead and gone. Therefore, in this brief talk, I wanted to bring to your attention, my friends, that two points here. One, our listening is not proper. Our listening is only partial and not total. Therefore, the experience of the reality is not happening. The second thing is, our role of a disciple is also not proper. Because we don't hear through our heart, total being, no. We don't have complete communion with our teacher. And the teacher has not gone deep into our heart. No. Therefore, as a disciple also, we may have to agree that we failed. Because if we are very successful as a disciple, having been influenced by the Divine Master, what should happen? The world, as we see in the ordinary way, should disappear. The curtain should fall, as I mentioned earlier. But that's not happening. Why? And then there should be altogether a, a new perspective, a new look, a new, I mean, uh, a conscious consciousness. Yes, will express a new way of looking, a new dimension, something new existence has come up. At that stage, the disciple says that he sees nothing, that he knows nothing, hmm? that he hears nothing, because all that is futile, all that heard, all that gathered, they are all futile. Because a new awakening, a new enlightenment has come upon him now. A new world appears. Therefore, the disciple at the stage has got guts to say, I am the blissful self. These are the two points which I wanted to emphatically declare and emphatically draw your attention to these facts. The disciple realizes the self as the supreme, 
unparalleled, most ancient, absolute, and that is eternally good. Sadashiva, Sairam, meet again.